Welcome to the Registered Investment Advisor Podcast, where financial services marketing expert Seth Green interviews experts, executives, and top producers to share can't-miss tips on how they successfully manage their financial service firms, grow their businesses, create great relationships, and influence the industry. And now, here's your host, Seth Green. Welcome to the RAA podcast. This is your host, Seth Green. Today, I've got the be good fortune to be interviewing my friend, John Creekmer from Creekmer Wealth Advisors and the Great Decisions, Incredible Lives podcast. John, thanks so much for joining us. Seth, buddy, thanks for having me. I appreciate it, man. Uh, our pleasure. Let's go back in time a little bit. How'd you get into this business in the first place? Uh, I'll tell you what, we're going way back in time now. So I'll tell you what, started out uh, after my undergraduate program in 1991, so that dates me a little bit, and um, so I actually started out as far as in the insurance industry, and uh, right out of my undergraduate, and as a 21-year-old with a stutter trying to sell life insurance, it did not go well for me, and uh, I thought, man, there's got to be a better way, right? So I ended up joining up with uh, a brokerage firm, moved to Chicago, and uh, had some good success there, and uh a local banker in our hometown uh, was wanting to start an investment department, so he recruited us to come down and get that started for him. So we did that and uh, had some great success, made a lot of good friends, and uh, structured a buyout of another RIA broker-dealer, and uh, got that deal up and running, and uh, ended up going independent and started my own firm way back in 1995. So uh, fast forward, here we are. We're in locations all around the country, and uh have a phenomenal team and just having a lot of good fun, impacting a lot of people and helping them make great decisions. Awesome. I think that was the, you jumped ahead for the lightning round. That oh, I, man, no way. You crammed in. I am sure uh, the longer version of that story is probably going to be in a book somewhere um, <laughs> in the next year. So we're going to unpack that just a little bit. So yeah. if I, and I think you might be the only person on the show who's ever talked faster than me. So oh. If you went independent back in 1995, yeah. I mean, that you were ahead of the curve because that, I mean, the early 90s wasn't when going independent was such a huge trend as it is right now. How did you see the light ahead of everybody else? I'll tell you what, I've always liked being a trendsetter. I mean, way back in high school, I was wearing purple purple pants and uh, had multi Look how many pants. people are wearing purple pants now? I'll tell you what, I was a trendsetter way back in the day. And so... But I'll tell you what, we um, I love working with people independently and uh, love getting out of the uh, the entire corporate environment, quite honestly. And I did not like the fact that I was being told exactly what to sell and when to sell it and, and who to sell it to. And it's like, you know, that does not resonate with me. Uh, that means my fiduciary duty is actually, which is a word that I started using back in the mid-1990s before the Department of Labor actually turned that into a marketing word for so many people. And um, which is what it is now. But um, I just thought, you know, who am I a fiduciary for? I'm a fiduciary for clients, not a firm. And whereas that company-based salesperson, what they are is they're a fiduciary for the firm. And so I just thought, you know, let's do it differently. And uh, so we did the asset under management model, uh, managed money uh, way back in 1995, 96, which was really kind of unheard of back then. Yeah, I was going to say it took me seven more years than you to see the light. And 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 realize that the Fortune 500 giant company that cared more about hitting quotas and this is what product we need you to push and this is the solution no matter what the pro- problem is right. drove me crazy because you can't fit the round peg into the the square peg into the round hole every time. Yeah, for sure, for sure. It's uh, it's interesting. Every solution is different. Everyone is different. 
And uh, I realized, you know, I'm different than other RIAs. Uh, my personality is different. The way we like to do things is different. But the reality is every single client is different. Their, their background is different. Their hopes and dreams are different. Their problems are different. And the solution needs to be just as unique as they are. Amen to that. You're preaching to the choir for sure. So I also heard engineered a buyout. Talk a little bit about, expand on that. I'll tell you what, I love the entire, um, the entire, I'm just going to call it the way of doing business of uh, just bringing people together and finding commonality and then finding ways to create efficiencies to impact more lives. And so my first actually uh, working through a bio was way back in 1994 and uh, found a small broker dealer and uh, they were not even RIA back then. And I was working for a bank and, uh, that wanted to really expand their presence into the investment world. And so I was able to actually learn about how do you structure a buyout? And ultimately, it's about finding solutions. First of all, it has to be certain synergies. There's got to be commonality as far as the different people. Um, however, in order for it to work well, but what we really found was you have to find ways to increase your impact in the lives of people. And when you do it well, it's amazing to see what happens and the joy that comes out of it for so many people. So we structured a buy of a broker-dealer, and uh, we incorporated that business model into the bank's business model and um, had tremendous success bringing things together. I mean, we, lo- we learned a lot of things along the way, um, but ultimately, it was structured the way it was good for the seller, um, it was good for the buyer, and it was good for the end client as a win-win-win for everybody altogether. Uh, it's beautiful when you can get the triple win on everybody's side. Talk a little bit about the way Creekmer operates now. Yeah, so Creekmer Wealth Advisors, we are centralized in Illinois. And so uh, home base is central Illinois for me and uh, right outside of Peoria. And um, we actually have offices in Bloomington, Normal, Illinois, outside of Chicago also, in a town called Bourbon A. Um, office in Maumee, Ohio, office over in Dallas, Texas, office up in the mountains in Avon, Colorado, over in Denver. So we have locations all around the country, and we are a registered investment advisor. We are fee-based, which means the majority of our work is on the fee side, and that is charging for financial plans. We do a lot of consulting work with individuals and also families and then with foundations and corporations in which they pay us a retainer to do consulting work for them on the financial planning side. In addition to that, we also manage money for individuals uh, through our RIA um, that is totally fee-based. Um, But ultimately, at the end of the day, it's about uncovering for people where they are at, helping them to define where they want to be, and then helping them figure out the action steps to get them from where they are to where they want to be in the most tax efficient way possible. And that's how our people, how our advisors work with people. It's truly saying, let's find a solution for people to accomplish incredible things in their lives that that they want to accomplish. Um, You've acquire you've opened a number of locations as you mentioned how have you been able to engineer that kind of growth i'll tell you what the uh, first step was to recognize that we don't we need to recognize what we don't know and um you know and so what we did we did a huge deep dive into our business to say what is it we do well what is it we don't do well and we recognize that we are not salespeople. Um, we are not the huge personality that can go out there and sell stuff we are relationship builders And so in doing so, we just started networking with a lot of people in our industry. And we know in this industry, the space is really made up of a lot of well-intentioned, very sincere people that work hard, that want to impact people's lives in a positive way. 
Well, then we also recognize that so many folks, they do not have an exit strategy or a succession plan in place for themselves. They spent their entire life helping people, but in doing so, they fail to plan for their own exit out of their business. And for most folks, that is one of their one of their largest, if not the largest asset they have is their actual small business. And so we figured out if we can go in and partner with people and help them to identify ways to extract value from their RIA business and do it in a way that makes a lot of sense to them, that's unique to them. And a lot of the contracts that we sign right now, Seth, they're actually unique. There's nothing that is cookie cutter. Um, everything's unique to the interests of the individual. Well, then we're actually able to help them solve a problem is how do I extract value? Uh, the backside of that is you have to have a strong, efficient organization from an operational standpoint. And we have recruited into our firm uh, some extremely bright people that have huge, pro huge project management skill sets that can actually build out process and help help this transition go smoothly. That's awesome. Who is an ideal candidate for you? I'll tell you, an ideal candidate really is somebody in that 55 and older set as far as an age. They have their own RIA or um, they are an IAR of a national RIA, um, in which they actually and find contractually ways to own those client relationships. They're an individual that is looking to find a transition, working with a firm that really cares about people, that cares about clients, and that is really planning centric. And so if they fit that mold, then they check off that first box. And so the other things that we look for is size of an organization. We're really looking for some of the assets in that 50 to a $250 million range as far as assets under management. And um, as far as geographic location, uh, we pretty much go national now. And so we look for pretty much anywhere across the country. Um, but I love to see it whenever they have an airport within close proximity so I can get there pretty easily. And um, and also they haven't have a strong staff in play. Uh, that's great. If not, then we can actually we can work around that. But somewhere in that 50 to $250 million range as far as on the AUM side. What have you, in terms of the growth, how do you manage for that? What kind of lessons have you learned along the way as you, because you've grown pretty quickly. Yeah, we've grown real fast. And, uh, you know, part of it was that Stacey and I, my wife, we uh, started this business independently in 1995. And we really ran it as a lifestyle practice, quite honestly, for many years. We raised our family and our three boys and uh, had a great time doing that. And then as our oldest son finishes undergraduate uh, work way back in 2011, he says, hey, I want to come into the family business. Well, we had never thought about expanding our business to include making sure we take care of more families than just our own unit. And so we actually had to start building out infrastructure that would allow us to support and grow. In doing so, we recognize a lot of holes in our business. And I think a lot of small business owners in, this, in the RIA space they have a lot of the same issues that we have. And so whenever I started to go into having acquisitions and having growth, I started recognizing my own weaknesses. And so those weaknesses really revolve around the, I, I'm going to say, my unbelievable optimism. Um, if, <laughs> and I think as a small business owner that is, has achieved, I mean, you have to be a visionary. You have to be positive. You have to have this mindset of overcoming and achieving things. Well, I believe everything is possible. And it's kind of like, but in doing so, that takes me out of the realm of saying, what is the organization or structure that needs to be in place to actually make this dream become a reality? And so in doing that, I had to say, I cannot be all things within my own organization. And then we need to build out a team. And so before we did that, 
I mean, quite honestly, I, we, we were, I'll say, I'll say wasting money. I was losing money on projects simply because I didn't have the managerial chops or skill set, let's say in project management or in operations that we needed to have to actually have a larger organization. And so in doing that, we really said, let's take our organization being very flat um, to where there's every, all decisions flow through me as an individual. And we're going to start to build scalability. And in doing so, let's bring in some very bright minds to run very different departments for us. Let's actually build scale in our organization that gives us the ability to actually grow. Now, in doing so, man, oh, man, is that ever scary. Um, and I say that because initially, whenever you start to build things out and delegate, what are the first things you delegate out? It's the things that you don't like doing or the things you're not good at doing. But once you hit a certain point, then you actually have to start to hand over things that you do enjoy doing or maybe that you are good at doing because it frees you up for a higher level of productivity for the organization. And that was actually got me stuck for a while. Uh, but once we started to work through that and actually build out the team in the organization to put in proper accountability and structure, it actually made us where we had accelerated as far as in our growth and hit some unbelievable growth numbers. That's incredible. And that's great advice, by the way. How many how many are on the team now? And what's the breakdown between like total advisors versus, you know, support staff? Yeah, so we have six total advisors and we have uh, with our last acquisition, 23 total staff. Um, and so of that total staff, we have a director of operations um, and she's been with us for a number of years, about 12 years of experience in the industry. She has a team of uh, five operational staff. Uh, that work as far as it actually running the organization from a business standpoint. Uh, we have our, you know, our chief marketing officer, um, who also the team of three other people in the area of marketing, and uh, they work as far as all of our communication and branding and marketing that we have as far as to really build in a phenomenal experience with our firm. Uh, then we have our six advisors, and uh, we have a director of financial planning, um, which is a 35-year CFP veteran. Um, who started at Southern Methodist University, their financial planning department, and has been a professor for 20 years on top of uh, having his own practice. And so uh, he has a team of paraplanners underneath him uh, that as far as do research and put plans together for all of our clients. And so it's a team, it's a robust team. It's a team that's continuing to grow and uh, continuing to look to add more specialities as we kind of uh, continue to develop. Well, congratulations. You've built an incredible machine. Your passion is obvious. What do you like best about what you're doing? I'll tell you what, it is so unbelievably cool to me that I get to work with people and I hear stories in their lives about what they're doing. And I mean, I, I, I really challenge our financial planning department and I challenge our advisors with the fact that we can put together the most unbelievable financial plan that is most technically sound. And yet, if there is that execution on the financial planning steps by the client for them to realize their goals, we have failed as financial planners. Where we have success is when we hear the goals of people, and then we're as a team, we come together to help them execute, and then they're able to live out those incredible things in their life. I think about Brian, sort of worked with us 21 years ago, um, in actually 2000, and uh, him and his wife, who's an executive at a Fortune 50 company, and was doing extremely well in their career, but he did not bring into his life a cohesion of holistic planning. We're able to take things, help identify those goals and things that are most important to him, which for him has broken down into three areas, faith, family, and food. 
And um, and so those are three central parts of his life. You see those three things woven throughout his entire life. And food, even though he and I have lunch now every single month uh, just to talk about things, um, his wife passed away about three years ago. So now I get to have lunch with him every year, every, every month and talk, tell stories. But, you know, he really was raised in an area in which, which there was no food, a lot of hunger. And so for that was a central part of his childhood. And so that is a big part of what he likes to do from a charitable standpoint. Well, now we're able to work on the other side. And as his wife's passed away, they have seven grandchildren. He has written a child storybook for all seven of them, talking about a character trait that he sees in them. And the child and he is the central story in this child's comic book, uh, walking through a story of life and how they live out character. And he has those published and all the funds go to, to a children's work as far as in downtown Peoria. And so I'm able to see him, the goal he had from 20 years ago, that first conversation, really provide the financial decision-making for him, where now in the mid-60s, he's able to live it out and execute on that. That's what I love about what I do. It's about broadening the platform and saying, let's impact lives in some incredible ways. That is absolutely incredible. What a beautiful story for our viewers and listeners who might be interested in the Creekmere model, where is the best place for them to go to learn more about you and the firm? I'll tell you what, number of places to go. I'll tell you the first spot is our simple website. It's creekmerewealth.com. So C-R-E-E-K-M-U-R wealth.com. And information on our firm in there, a lot, ton of resources, but also a lot of information for how to get a hold of me and how to find more information about. I'll tell you what, Seth, that's the best place to go to find out information as far as us and the firm. And it's the best place to go to find my contact info also, creekmerwealth.com. Absolutely. And folks watching or listening, make sure you check out the Great Decisions, Incredible Lives, Retire with Intention podcast hosted by John Creekmer himself. Um, They interview some amazing people on there, including RIAs like perhaps you. If you're interested in being on the Creekmer Wealth Advisor, Great Decision, Incredible Live podcast, again, go to the website, let John know. Um, John, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Likewise, we greatly appreciate your time. We know it's incredibly valuable. Thank you, John, for joining us. And thank you, everyone, for watching or listening. We will talk to you or see you next time. 49 faces looked to him in triumph. Over the last 12 months, they had each taken turns and promoted his business for a week at a time, driving over $987,342 in revenue. What if you had a network of 50 centers of influence who promoted your business every week for a year? Grab your copy of the number one Amazon best-selling book, The Ultimate Guide to Growing Your Business with a Podcast. At 33% off the Amazon price by going to ultimatepodcastbook.com. Again, that website for 33% off the Amazon price is ultimatepodcastbook.com.